In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Francis Thompson was an English Catholic poet, active at the turn of the 20th century. His most famous poem is called The Hound of Heaven. In it, Thompson compares the Lord's work in human lives to a hound's relentless pursuit of its quarry. The poem opens in the voice of someone fleeing the Lord. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinth and waves of my own mind, and in the midst of tears I hid from him, and under running laughter. Try as he might, the man cannot escape. He runs, but he cannot hide. He cannot escape those strong feet that followed, followed after, with unhurrying chase and unperturbed pace, deliberate speed, majestic instancy, they beat. He cannot outlast the strong feet of the hound of heaven, and in the end he is caught, and the one who has caught him invites him home, saying, Rise, clasp my hand, and come. The hound of heaven dramatizes the mission of God to seek and to save that which was lost. I begin with it because I think it casts light on the gospel story of Zacchaeus. That is, I want to suggest that the encounter with, of Zacchaeus and Jesus, narrated by St. Luke, is the culmination of a longer story that is untold. The story of the Lord's pursuit of Zacchaeus down the nights and down the days that preceded his encounter with Jesus at the sycamore tree and prepared him for that. Now, Zacchaeus, it should be said, would seem a most unlikely person for the Lord God to want to pursue at all. At least that's how his contemporaries would have seen it. Zacchaeus was a publican, that is, a tax collector, a tax man. Specifically, he was a collector of the Roman toll tax, so he was a tax farmer, an entrepreneurial man, to put it charitably, who had won a bid for the task of collecting taxes for the empire. And as such, he was incentivized to squeeze as much as he could from his fellow citizens to meet his quota of tax receipts, plus a bit extra for himself on the top. And since the text emphasizes that Zacchaeus was rich, the strong suggestion is that he had milked the system for all that it was worth. It's clear, at least, that the citizens of Jericho thought so, since they have labeled him a sinner. Indeed, Zacchaeus himself will confess that he has taken things from others by false accusation. So he was not, to put it mildly, a popular person in Jericho. And it didn't help that he was little in, tax, in stature, as the text says, or as the children's song has it, a wee little man. On this point, though, it's worth noticing 
that the text here might also be read as referring to Zacchaeus's age rather than to his height. That is to say that perhaps he was a young man, short in years, but suspiciously rich nevertheless, and so doubly likely to be looked down upon. Either way, whether he was young or short, he was, as someone says, of diminutive status. In the eyes of his contemporaries, he would have seemed the last person likely for the Lord of all to search out. And we should say that St. Luke's gospel itself has not prepared us to expect good things for Zacchaeus, the rich publican. While St. Luke does often depict publicans in a surprisingly favorable light, the same cannot be said for the rich. For example, at the very beginning of the gospel, in a passage that sets a programmatic tone for the rest of the gospel, the Virgin Mary sings of God's salvation in terms of a great reversal. The Lord, she sings, hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their own hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He has filled the hungry with good things, and, note, the rich he has sent empty away. Reading St. Luke doesn't prepare us to expect good things for Zacchaeus. There's also then the story of the rich young ruler in the previous chapter, whom Jesus calls to sell what he has and give to the poor, but who went away sorrowful, for he was very rich, as the text says. In response, Jesus says famously, it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Again, things don't look so well for Zacchaeus. We don't expect good things for him. But, do you remember what happened after Jesus said what he did about the camels and needles? The disciples asked him in astonishment, who then can be saved? And Jesus responded, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. This is what Ephraim Radner has called the divine impossible possibility. The story of Zacchaeus is a signal instance of this, this divine impossible possibility. He is a rich man. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And yet for all this, Jesus will say to him, Today salvation is come to this house. What is impossible with men is possible with God. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now when Jesus comes to town, Zacchaeus is filled with a desire to see Jesus. It's a desire that is deeper than mere curiosity. As St. Luke says, he sought to see Jesus who he was. That is, he doesn't just want to lay eyes on him, he wants to know him, to see who he was. And his desire to see Jesus is so strong that it leads him to overcome obstacles and even to make himself ridiculous. He can't see Jesus because the crowd is pressing so much, and that's perhaps partly because of his stature, but maybe you get the impression that the crowd is actively preventing him from seeing Jesus. They don't like this man Zacchaeus, and they don't want him to get up in the front. 
But Zacchaeus wants so badly to see Jesus that he's undeterred by all this. He runs ahead, and he finds a sycamore tree, and he scrambles up. He's not concerned with how he might look, climbing up in the tree like a little child. He wants to see Jesus. He's driven by his desire to seek the face of the Lord. He does everything he can to see Jesus. Where does this desire come from in the first place? Isn't it by God's gift that Zacchaeus wants so badly to see Jesus? Recalling the hound of heaven, I think we can say safely that it's the Lord who has given Zacchaeus this desire, that the Lord has awakened this desire in Zacchaeus precisely as part of his pursuit of Zacchaeus, as part of his work to draw him to himself. And this is what I think we are to hear today. The same Lord is at work in your heart and in mine, awakening in us an ever greater desire for him, always calling to us, always inviting us into deeper intimacy with him. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. How far are you like Zacchaeus? Do you seek to see who Jesus is? How much trouble are you willing to go to see him? The crowds prevented Zacchaeus from seeing Jesus. And I wonder if there are things in your life that, like the crowds, keep you from seeing him, that block your vision. Maybe it's a sin that you've clung to and you don't want to let go of that keeps you from seeing him. Or maybe it's anxiety about money or the state of the economy or the state of the world or the Ukraine that blocks your vision. Whatever it is that looms up in front of you and keeps you from seeing Jesus, don't be dismayed. Don't turn back. But like Zacchaeus, run ahead and climb up into the sycamore tree of prayer. Lift up your hearts to the Lord, and the Lord will meet you there. Recently, I came across a prayer that names some things that keep us from seeing Jesus. It's by a man named Ted Loder, and it goes like this. Holy One, there is something I wanted to tell you, but there have been errands to run, bills to pay, arrangements to make, meetings to attend, friends to entertain, washing to do. And I forget what it is I wanted to say to you, and mostly I forget what I'm about or why. Oh God, please don't forget me for the sake of Jesus. The good news is that the Lord never forgets us. He comes to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's what's shown to us in the story of Zacchaeus. What Jesus says to him, he says to each of us. Zacchaeus, he says, and he calls us too by name. Zacchaeus, Christopher, 
etc. Make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. God grant that we might have the grace to respond as Zacchaeus did. He made haste and came down and received Jesus joyfully. And he said, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. The genuineness of Zacchaeus' conversion is manifest in this extravagance of his repentance. He goes far beyond what the law requires. The Lord's generosity to him has called forth his own generosity. As one commentator puts it, Jesus waked to vibrant life impulses that had long lain dormant and revealed to him the man he was capable of becoming by God's help. Zacchaeus' repentance is the result of his being found and caught by the hound of heaven, who has been pursuing him doggedly with unhurrying chase and unperturbed pace. The one who sought out Zacchaeus also seeks out you and me. He wants to abide with us, to dwell in our hearts, and he is relentless. He will not cease pursuing you. He desires all of you, all of you, with nothing left over, nothing held back. When Zacchaeus was up in the sycamore tree, Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. What is Jesus asking you today? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.